And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. Well, welcome everyone. It's another edition of the Weighing In Podcast with me, John McCarthy, and my partner, the real punk, Josh Thompson. I want to say thank you. I've got the hat on for, don't even get, you're giving the, what he is giving the cheers for the Flagstaff Fire Department, all the people in Arizona putting out fires right now. You guys are doing a phenomenal job. Thank you for what you do for the community. Wearing the hat as a little sign of gesture and saying thank you. Keep safe and do a great job for everyone there. Thank you very much. Josh, we got a lot to talk about other than fires because we don't know anything about fires other than possibly setting them we do a lot of that on this podcast i don't know <laughs> yeah we do spark some fires on this Woo! show and uh hey but we have there is a lot to talk about in terms of uh the fireworks i mean and this card this weekend is going to be pretty impressive for the ufc and i'm pumped up for the main event obviously i think everybody is uh it's the trilogy and the wrap-up of it all and just you know and being involved in a trilogy and i speak from a lot of experience in that situation and how fun it can be and how upsetting it can be and you know, and and everything else that can go any, any direction right, it could possibly go. Any direction. There yeah, you go. but it's it's it's. I've always looked at trilogies, whether it's in boxing or MMA or any other sport where you've battled it out, you know, several times, and it comes down to that trilogy, and it's just a matter of you guys both know each other very well. You both are very good, and you made the best man or woman win. You know, and it's I think it's a great. Um, I think it's it's one of those things that just. That's how star, I think I don't want to say star, but like that's how you start to develop yourself as as a star. As someone that's like a Hall of Famer, somebody that can be remembered. You had one of the greatest trilogies in the sport. Or you or you upset somebody when you shouldn't have upset them. And it was just one of those it's one of those moments throughout your career you'll remember forever for the rest of your life. And uh and I'm happy these two are gonna get after it this weekend and they're gonna settle the score and see who's gonna be out on top and who knows. It could be a draw, and we could see number four. That's the greatest. Oh, You're going to bet the draw, aren't you? I probably will, because I'm <laughs> freaking be stupid. Because <laughs> I'm stupid. Oh, man. All right, well, hey, do you want to start with the main event, or do you want to work yourself from the bottom to the top? I say we go bottom to top on this one. Let's, Let's go, go bottom to the top. Because we'll go fast. Well, nothing really. I don't wanna, yeah, not nothing really kind of gets my attention on the bottom. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great fights on there. The Yuck well, fight against Brad Alan Amadowski at the bottom. He's a good fighter. Okay. Uh, seen him fight multiple times, big uh, power in his hands. That's a, it's it's a good fight. You know, who is very good. I, I know sometimes people say you, but I think it's who is how you say his name. But Amadovsky has got power. It's just a matter of does he settle down in the fight because he got kind of got to the USC and kind of had a little bit of a, you know, oh I'm at the big show and kind of froze and that happens. It can happen, but he he's a good fighter, so that should be fun. But let's go up. Uh, I got Brad Tavares. Against yes. Amari, what do you think of that one? I think it's gonna be a good fight. I think it's gonna be a great fight, man. Brad's just got to make sure that he keeps his composure, keeps his defense on point, and s- focuses on stuffing takedowns instead of throwing punches. Like when he's when someone's in on the legs. I mean, the point is, sometimes people fall in love with their power. Brad Tavares got Brad Tavares has got power. He's got he's slick with his feet. He's slick with his hands. He's got good wrestling takedown defense. But I don't know if it's good enough. But he also needs to just make sure his defense is on point on the feet. Because if he doesn't do that, he starts getting thinking about the takedown too much. That opens up the striking as the takedown's happening and you can get yourself knocked out. 
But um, but I look at Akhmedov. He's got power. He's got yeah. good wrestling. He's got good technique. He's always in good. He pushes the pace very hard. Uh, he's very talented. He's um, a little he's stiff. a dog, man. He's a dog. Little stiff, Is that, little I like stiff to say. in what he does. But yeah, but he's a dog. Yeah, oh, he's tough. He's tough as hell. Yeah. He, he he cracks hard. I just there's something about Tavares. I just like the way he fights most of the time. He, he mm-hmm. goes out there. He gives it everything he has. He puts it on the line. He's gonna have to to get a win against uh, Omar, but it's that's gonna be you know you look at a prelim fight. That's a great prelim fight. That's one that you can actually look at and say, I'm gonna, this is one I'll sit down with a nice cold beer and watch because it's gonna be entertaining. I think it's it's gonna be a very hard fight for Brad Tavares. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna be a very hard fight. For it's him. not but battle, but it's he can't he, win, but it's, but it's one he can yeah. win. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah. All right, All what right. else? Jessica I against. Jennifer Maya, what do you think? You know. Come on. Go. Let's lo- hear it. I love me some Jessica I. I knew I you were going to say that. Jessica and I know. I. And I, 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 same thing. She's great. But I think but, Jennifer Maya is going to beat her. Yeah. But and that's kind of where we're at right now. I think Jennifer Maya is just, she's, I feel like she's a lot bigger than Jessica I. I, I know they're going to weigh in the same. Just, just the, more the pressure. Yeah, yeah, but the pressure, I think, of just the aggression of coming forward. Jessica is not going to be able to take her down. She doesn't want to take her down. But she also, on the feet, though, she hasn't, like I said, I love Jessica, but like she hasn't improved enough on the feet to make me believe that she can stop all of Jessica's, or not Jessica, but uh, Maya's, uh, yeah, her uh, her stand-up as well as her, her grappling. And so I more well-rounded, I say Maya is, but I'm rooting for Jessica. All right. Ryan Hall, what do you think? Tapria? You know, go for it. Uh, you, you know, Ryan's that guy, man. He just, I love the guy. And, you know, from the times, even when he was back in the Ultimate Fighter, he's such a good guy. He's so, uh, he's very Is he a good guy? Is, is, he, is he a good guy? Yeah, he's a good guy. Because, you know what, he, he's, he's always just working at being better. He will help people. He will teach you what he knows. He's good at, you know, giving out information. You know, he just doesn't fight enough. Just doesn't yeah. fight enough. That's the one thing I, and I, I don't know if that's really his fault. Uh, it, it could be just injuries or one thing. Could be people dropping out of fights against him, not wanting to fight him because they look and they go, you know what? There's just, what upside is there to, to beating Ryan Hall? Because he's, he, even in his position, he's still not way up in the rankings. But he's a handful for anyone because he's got a damn awkward stand-up, but it's effective. He throws good kicks. He's got the, he, he blades his body really well. He kind of uses a karate stance. He throws good hands at times. And you don't really want to go to the ground with him because he's a goddamn wizard down there. And his leg locks are great. His triangle is phenomenal. He just does everything really well. And you're looking saying, man, that's a hard fight. And what are you going to get when you beat him? Nothing, really. I mean, nothing. that's the hard part. You look and you go, man, it's not like I'm beating a guy that's in the top five that's that tough. He's Mm -hmm. tough enough to be in that top five. So, I mean, it's a a hard one to look at. But he's going against an undefeated fighter. And uh, Tapuria is, and I know I'm saying his name wrong, but Tapuria is... He's talented too. He's got good stand up. He's got good ground. He doesn't have ground to stay with uh No. Ryan, but 
it'll be an interesting fight. No, he's good. But the thing is, is that anytime he starts to think he can th- get off on the feet, Ryan can hit yeah. Imanari roll. He can try yep. to hit some sort of drop down on the legs. And then, then he's not taking as much damage that way. He can, he has the ability to make it a boring, and unfortunately, <laughs> Ryan Hall has the ability to make it a boring fight. You know, be like, we have seen that before when he fought Gray Maynard, when he fought other guys, it was just like, he's chasing them around. It's like, it's one of those positions where you're just kind of like, he's so dangerous in one area that you have to avoid that area. So that means on the feet, you want to kill him because he's frustrating you with his, with his karate. You sort of sound like me. Yeah. I did my fume today though. I did my fume today. I go. did that. And then I haven't had that issue as of today. So I mean, but it, 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 I do notice, yeah, my nasal drip, man. It's, but I did it earlier today. And so I haven't had as much of an issue today. Um, anyways, so he, um, Superior, he just needs to make sure that he doesn't over um overextend overextend overreach get himself carried away because even if ryan hall is to catch the kick like he can just drop right down on the legs that way as well he's a master in that in terms of those leg locks and getting to the top position and look for him to lock up the that the, the, the leg locks as fast as he possibly can he's dangerous man he's dangerous everywhere on the feet i don't think he possesses a lot of power it's that karate style but it's annoying and that's what happens though is he frustrates you with those taekwondo style slap kicks they don't really hurt you but they frustrate you so it's it could be some one of those situations where you end up overextending yourself you end up chasing after him and jumping into something where ryan hall can drop down on the legs so fast that you end up getting submitted you can't take that chance. So it has the potential of being a boring fight. And it's not because it's not because Ryan Hall is it's because Ryan Hall is good. That's why it has the potential <laughs> yeah, of being a boring that's fight. It. That's really what it is. So I don't want to say like it's because Ryan Hall fights. No, it's because Ryan Hall is good. It's speci- and he's really good in one area. And those are guys, those are the those are people you have to be very fearful of. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah. Nico Price and Pahea. Okay, this is one that I'm I'm not too sure about. I think it could be a phenomenal fight. I think it'd be really first off, Nico Price is nuts. Okay. Yeah, and but he, so is so, Sahaya. Well, okay, and this is that's my that's my whole thing with this is Nico yeah. Price is nuts that Nico will take damage to try to give damage. Mm-hmm. He sometimes is not the uh the guy that you look and say, Oh, that's a high fight IQ. Nope. He's sticking his head <laughs> into places that you go, Oh God, what are you doing? But you know, he he lives by lives by the sword, he dies by the sword sometimes, but he's tough as hell. And then Pahea is the guy you look and go, man, I've watched him just be as absolutely you know, crazy in a fight, doing dumb things, you know, things that are, are only going to get him DQ'd in the fight. And he's been DQ'd. He got DQ'd against Diego Sanchez. But, man, he's got so much skill. He's fun to watch. He's huge for the weight class. And in his last couple fights, and I don't know if it was because there was no crowd or what, he actually fought more calm, more reserved, didn't do all the stuff that you know he was known for is all the flash and everything. And he got wins. And you look and you go, he's a good fighter. So, you know, if he's not doing the crazy, you know, cartwheels and the backflips into things, trying to be impressive and burn energy for no reason, because he does that, Nico's gonna get him. Now yeah. He's got the ability to actually, you know, win this fight if he fights it just with his technical skill because he's a skillful guy and he's big. He's got power. I think it's a great matchup. 
Yeah, I would agree with you. I'm surprised it took them this long to put this fight together. They're both yeah. nuts. <laughs> they're both, they're <laughs> both absolutely just nuts. And yep. so you, would, I would have thought they would have put this fight together sooner. But Pajaya is big. He's enormous for the weight, like you said. And uh, he is good. He's a good fighter all the way he around. Is. Nico Price is a good fighter as well. I'm, I think it's going to be fireworks. I think um, with the crowd being back, I think Pajaya is going to be his normal crazy nut self and potentially get knocked out or... Get the knockout. That's what makes him so fun. And that's what makes him fun to watch. And I think with the excitement of the fucking sold out arena and the crowd being there, it's just going to amp him up even more to do even stupider shit. But that's so the question. Does he lose his mind and start doing yeah. stuff that, you know, it cost him, it cost him a win against Diego Sanchez that he was easily winning that fight. Yeah. Okay. Land lands an illegal knee. Take a look at his fight against Conley. Tristan, you know, who great, great guy. I love him but was fighting basically two weight classes above what he normally wants to fight at. Last fight was at 145. He fought at 170 against him. And it was everything that Pahea did to try to look flashy. He ran out of gas, and Tristan beats him because of it. Yeah. And you look and you go, you can't, you can't do that. That's just not being smart. So if he stays with what he's been doing his last little bit, it's going to be a great fight. Nico's crazy. He's crazy. It should be fun to watch. Max Griffin and Carlos Condit. Ah, oh. I love me some Max Griffin. He's a, he's a, just a come forward, want to hurt you fighter. But he is fighting the guy, kind of set the standard on that in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Carlos is just—I always say it—Carlos is one of those guys. He's a great guy, but when he steps in the cage, he's mean. He's got that mean Henri side to him, and he will stand there and he will bang with you. He—he's uh, been in there with the best. This is Max's biggest fight by far as far as the name yeah. value and the experience that carlos brings into this fight it's a lot for max to take on max has got the skills to you know beat anyone on any given night but carlos is uh i always go with that he's that wily veteran he's been there he's done that he's experienced so much in the cage his submission game is well underrated it's really good okay as far as people you know not respecting it and, and i'm telling you right now not that Max cannot, you know, you know, roll on the ground. He's not ready to get into a submission battle with Carlos Condit. You know, he's got to keep this thing on the feet and or be in the top position, uh, landing strikes and stuff against Carlos to slow him down. You know, this is it's it's one of those. This is that fight. This is that time when if you're Max Griffin, you're going. This is the one that's going to set me to that next that next level. Where people will understand how good I am if I can get past this guy. Yeah. Ma uh, Carlos has got more wins than Max got fights. Yeah, I know. 32 and eight, 32 and 13 for Carlos and 17 and eight. And Max, look, Max is tough. He's fun. Yep. I think, I think it's going to, this, this could be his coming out party party, or it could be his, okay, I need to do this or this and this to start making my improvements. When you're dealing with someone like Carlos Connor, who I feel like, sure, he's been in some battles and some wars, but overall in his career, he hasn't been the guy that took a ton of damage. No. At least I don't recall. I, well, I, I, don't I, recall can, I can any... name a couple of the fights. You know, he took some well, damage. Against in the Rory, he took fight. a lot of damage, but he came back and yep. finished that fight. That's he took right. a lot of damage in that fight. Yep. Took uh, a lot of damage fight? in the Rory. Robbie, Robbie Lawler in the championship fight, especially in yeah. the fifth round. He took a lot of damage in that fight in that fifth and final round. But still was there. He had the, the knee injury against, you know, Woodley. What can you do? That that kind yeah. of stuff happens, but that's not really damage as far as caused by the fight. It was a step that you know it caused it. Um, 
he got choked out by um, Damian Alex Maya. Uh, well, Damian Maya was the one that uh, did it first. He had that losing streak, mm. and it was Robbie and Damian, and then and that was after he got that championship fight against Robbie, and then Neil Magny mm. beat him. But you know he's been uh, coming back. Court McGee, good person to come back. That was a tough fight. He got a decision in it, and then he got a decision against Matt Brown. Two very tough guys. Yeah. You know. Court doesn't but give both. any ground. Matt Brown doesn't give ground. So, but both a little older in the tooth. Yeah, absolutely. You know the same with Carlos right now. He's getting a little yeah. bit older. But I mean, like Max is gonna. He's that young. I mean, how old is Max? Uh, I want to say thirty-three. Thirty-one. I thought he was thirty-five. 35. Whoa, Carlos he's older than is, I oh, thought. Wow, thirty-five. So I was gonna say, okay. never mind. And then Carlos is what 37? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I was gonna give the age advantage because Max he, he fights like a younger guy. Yeah, he does. You know, but he's young in the sport. He's not young as a person, which is which explains it. Um, I guess we're gonna see, man. Carlos is a savage on the ground. I look at Carlos; he just got so much experience. Like I said, he's he's uh he's phenomenal on the ground. He's got great stand up. I love how he hits his little like step walk forward switch kick to the head. Beautiful yep. job. He he does a great job. His left hook is is great as well. He keeps his defense up tight when he Dangerous throws. Dangerous with elbows. Yeah, he's good all the way around. He's good in the clinch and the knees. He's got good takedown defense. He's got good wrestling himself. He's long and lanky. I know all of you guys in the comment section love when I say that, so I'm going to keep it. throwing Let's that drink. shit out there. Let's drink every time I say it. That's right. Cheers. Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right. All right. I think, I think that's going to be a phenomenal fight. So do I. Sean O'Malley got a new opponent. What do you know of Chris Motino? Okay, so I have a question. John, yeah. you brought this up before we started doing the show. How would we I were do talking that? About why, why are you bringing in people when you have a roster filled with people that have been lining up to fight him, but you're bringing in somebody f- from outside to fight him? You'd have why? to explain that to me. I just don't, I don't know. I... <laughs> You've got a lot of people that are like, let me fight that guy. Let me, yep. let me, f- I want that guy. I want to. Beat him now. Beat on. They're all knocking on the door to fight Sean O'Malley, and they're bringing in an outsider to fight him. What does that say? That means means the UFC's doing their job. They're trying to build who they they're think is building. A there you star. go. Okay, there they're go. they're they're there looking and saying, "Look, we we believe this kid can be a star for us. We believe they're, that they're this doing can their be... job." Yes, that's exactly what it is. And you know, and people can look at it and not like it, but. The UFC as a promotion has got to pick out people that they look at and say, hey, mm-hmm. this is someone that we can get by. We believe that not only can this person fight, but they have that thing, that X factor. It, that, it factor. That, exactly. That, you know what? It's above and beyond the ability to fight. It's the ability to gain people on the outside not only with his fighting, but also with his personality and what he brings. They believe in him, and that's why you're getting the fight that you're getting. They they did not want to put him right now in that top ten, you know, top fifteen, basically in the bantamweights. You know, he's right there. He's not in the top fifteen, but and again, their bantamweights, the UFC's bantamweights are stacked. They have got yeah. some talent. That is the, you know, in my opinion, the best pool of talent overall i mean and they've got great featherweights they've got great lightweights i'm not saying anything about it. man you take a look well at you just did but yeah go ahead you just yeah did. but i mean come on look at their <laughs> look at their roster of bantamweights they have got some just studs in that division you know and so 
And I yeah, look at it and I go, I started with Peter Yawn. I started with Peter Yawn, Corey Sanhagen, Rob Font, Jose Aldo. I mean, yeah. Garbrandt, Marais, yeah. Edgar, yeah. Munoz. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Stack division. It is. Who else? Uh, uh, uh. Well, you, you missed Aljo sitting on top of it, but who? I sorry, Peter Peter Yon. Yeah. yeah okay. I right. saw him. I saw Peter Yon. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I mean, great. I, I think I think it's going to be. Um. I think I think it's it. Look, if no, I if I'm the U- everything. Look, Chris is nine UFC, and four coming into this. Yeah. Okay, let's be honest. All right, Chris is nine and four. I'm nothing against the kid. I'm not saying anything bad. It's not only the pressure of coming into the UFC, you're on the main card. Just the pressure that is going to be riding on this kid's shoulders, even though he's going to come in and say, I got nothing to lose. And you're right. You got nothing to lose. Yeah. But you will still, the pressure that you will put upon yourself, just based upon the crowd. You know, he's never fought, you know, with a crowd. You know, it's going to be like that. That's a no. huge <laughs> crowd for that fight. You know, and just knowing he's on pay-per-view, everything, he's going to have some self-imposed pressure that it, he's going to have to deal with that. That's not going to help him during the fight, but you know, he's, got, he's got a lot working against Are him. You good, good Are you completely counting him out? Are you completely counting him out? You can never completely count anybody out in an MMA fight. Anything can happen in a fight. He can come out and look really good and land a good shot and hurt you know, O'Malley and put him away. It's a possibility. I just don't see it happening. Scroll down there for me, Dave. Go ahead, scroll down there, Dave. Let's see who he's got. Yeah. So you take a look. Look at all those names you know of that he's beaten. Now I know of Tony Gravely. He lost to him yeah. by a KO. Brandon Seller, I know him. Demond Blackshear, he was uh he's got a win against Demond. That's about all I know as far as the guys that yeah. fought. So I know guys that he's one he's beat, one he's lost to. Hmm. But yeah, it's. I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll see. Hey, this is your moment, buddy. Yeah, this good is luck your to moment you. to shine, man, Chris. If you go out there and starch O'Malley, or if you go out there and sub him, look at the blueprints already been laid out. Just leg kick him. Just keep <laughs> going to the leg. Go to that calf kick when he bounces around. Go to the calf kick. Just do your thing, man. Like, go out there and just don't and get in his grill. Kick. Get in your grill. Kick. Or or be defensive, stay on the outside. I don't like that because he's long and lanky. Haha, <laughs> I did it again. Because uh, he's long and lanky. So if if you if you get in his grill, make him fight off of his back foot. He won't have as much pop off of his punch, and his kicks won't be as effective either. And if he has to lay, if he has to lean back on that back foot to throw his kicks, it's easier for for you to catch him. It's easier for you to lift him a little bit and throw him off balance. Maybe get the takedown, get on top. I don't know, but I think uh, this is his moment, man. Chris, this is your moment to shine and. Uh, if he gets it done, he gets it done. I just think that when we're talking about the U- the UFC and and business strategy, this is a strictly this is a strictly a business strategy. Business Sean O'Malley, decision. they looked at it. He moves the needle. He whether even if it's only like this much, he moves the needle more than most. And so I'm going to go ahead and put a little bit of push behind him. And this is an opportunity for Sean O'Malley to rise to the occasion. This is what the UFC is doing right now. They're saying, Sean. We're giving you somebody you should beat from an outside organization that's not on your level. If you don't finish him to open our show, because he's the first fight, I think, on the main card. If you don't finish him, we're going to have a problem. There's a lot more pressure. There's there's pressure on Sean O'Malley to get this guy out of here. 
You know, whereas Chris, sure, there's pressure of the big, the sold out arena. You're in the main card. You're you in the UFC. You know what that pressure is going to be like. Oh on yeah, him. he's going to say, "Oh, I don't it's got nothing be... to lose." It don't matter. You're still going to have that pressure. Yeah, I know. I know. There's a lot of pressure on Chris as well. I don't even want to murder and butcher his last name, Mutino, Mutino. Um, but I, but O'Malley though, O'Malley's got he's got some pressure on him too. When you're fighting somebody from an outside organization who's never fought in the UFC before, and you're looking to be the star, you got to get guys like this out of there. True. That's just the way it goes. That's True. just the way it is. Um, Irene Aldana and Yana. I don't even want to try to pronounce her last name. Kutin- Kuniskaya. 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 Okay, so I know. Um, go ahead, John. I'll let you roll with this. No, I, this is a, it's actually a good matchup. Yana in her last fight, a lot of people, you know, were complaining that she won, and I was like, "How are you complaining?" She was actually trying to fight while her opponent was trying to control. That's the, that was the big difference in the fight. She should have won. And the one thing that I, I like about her is she goes out there to try to fight. She wants to fight in the stand up for the most part, but she'll fight on the ground. I think that Aldana is, you know, got the close to the same skill set. She likes to fight mm-hmm. on her feet, but she will fight on the ground. This is actually a good matchup stylistically. I think it's a good matchup. I think they're going to go out there and they're they're going to throw bombs trying to hurt each other, and we'll see what happens in it. I think the UFC knows what they're doing when it comes to matching up fights like this for their main card. What they're doing is they're trying to get. Like with the O'Malley fight, they want to fast see him finish. finish Chris. They want to get fast finishes. They want to get the crowd going. They know what they're doing when it's the the Yana and Irene fight. That that fight right there is going to be just like the two of them meeting in the middle, throwing Bro. big shots, maybe a takedown here or there, but potential of just scrambles and then back up to the feet and big shots and getting after it. They know what they're doing. You're getting ready for the McGregor and Dustin Poirier fight. What am I going to do? And now I'm next. I'm next after the girls after the female fights. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw in there two of Asa and Greg Hardy, just two monsters, you know, and just going to start throwing down. And You got to love that one. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, that's what's going to happen, you know, and two of Asa is going to try to, like, walk him down, throw big shots, make him tired, make him gassed, and see if he quits on the stool. That's what he's going to try to do. So you have the female fight. The two of them are going to just stoke the flame, you know, and it's going to be – blowing on it trying to spark that get the kindling going in the that's crowd it. that's really how you look at it. that's how i look at it anyways you got two of asa who's going to come out there against greg hardy and be and try two, to put two him of to going to try to take hardy's head off and hardy's going to try to take two of Asa's head off yeah it's a question who lands the shot first yep yeah. and then after that after that fight you're gonna get right into the technique and the yeah. technique is going to be phenomenal it's gonna be steven thompson and gilbert burns I mean, you got it. Couldn't be uh, this. This is a total throwback of UFC one, UFC two, UFC three. Of just the, <laughs> it is. It's top jiu-jitsu it is, guy versus isn't. the top. It is and it isn't. Yeah, it is. But, but top it jiu-jitsu isn't. guy versus the top karate style guy. But both are very good in the opposite perspective and the opposite uh, techniques. It's just a matter of whether. I mean, one is obviously more favorable. Gilbert Burns is the next level. Stephen Thompson is next level on the feet. But I think Gilbert has a better chance of standing with Stephen Thompson than Stephen Thompson has going to the ground with Gilbert Burns. Just my opinion. I agree with you there. That is exactly the wow. truth. Is Gilbert? Well, I, I admit that was like when vinegar you, coming out of your mouth. Nah, oh, that just see, tasted. I'm, like I'm so <laughs> proud of you. I'm like a dad, proud that his uh, his young you mean son, a grandpa. You meant to say grandpa, son, but I get it. Who, who doesn't do many things right? 
and who doesn't listen oh. finally gets a you know hey common sense good job way to go josh i love Did you that just use the word common sense common careful before sense i call an oak you. tree in here careful before i get an oak tree in here start talking shit about common but, sense you know, buddy. The, the truth is the one element where these guys really are separated is the submission game you know there's yeah. no way that thompson in any fashion can hang in a submission match with gilbert burns Gilbert in the stand-up, he's going to have problems with the stand-up of Stephen Thompson. It's different. Yes, he's brought people in, but it's still different when you're in there with that guy. But at least Gilbert has the stand-up skills to stay stay with him. He does have power, so he can hurt Stephen if he lands the, the good shot, the clean shot. And that's the big difference. People will land shots on Stephen. They just don't land clean shots. They land glancing blows that just slices by. It barely touches him. You know, his head's moving in the, in the direction of the shot. He takes a lot of power off of it. So he's got to land that clean shot to hurt him. But he does have the power to do that. And so you look and you say, where's the big difference in this fight? Well, the big difference is it's in the ground. The, if But Gilbert has got to get Steven to the ground and has to, you know, what, be it whether he's underneath or on top, He's still going to be dangerous in both places. That's not a place that Steven wants to be in this fight. No, I agree. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I think Steven's got a little, I think he's got the advantage a lot on the feet. But with all the kicks he throws, it's a lot easier to catch those kicks. As long as Gilbert Burns keeps his hands up and he doesn't start getting, getting caught up and frustrated into lunging in and trying to do things with punches and takedowns, I think he's got a really good chance of getting this fight to the ground. He's got to be. He's got to be very cautious about how he cuts the cage off and how he makes his. He got himself faints to get Steven to react off throwing the kick and then go ahead and coming in off of that. He's got to get Steven to react before he tries getting in on the takedowns, or he could just really just run in and bully him around. But the problem is, you could run into something and the whole fight could be over quickly. There you um, go. Yeah, and and here's the other thing. He's coming off of a loss, yeah. and that's. That sometimes it start it mind fucks you a little bit. Your confidence isn't what it was going into that fight with Usman. He was like, "Oh, there's no way anyone's beating me. I'm the I'm gonna be the champ." This and that, and I said that from a while before. I said like he uh, he had that sense of of confidence that I was like, "Oh, he he's taking something in there from training when he fought Usman." Like, "Oh, I'm gonna sure. win this fight." He had that like the way he was presenting himself in every yeah. interview and every, inter like every little thing. And every time I've heard him talk, it was that he was going to beat Usman. And so now that that didn't happen, I want to know how his mindset is coming into this fight. Does he believe in his chin still? That's the other thing. You know, um, if Steven starts touching him, does he get frustrated and start what? trying to lunge in on the takedowns? That's the word right there. Yeah. Frustration is the one thing that Gilbert Burns cannot allow to enter into this fight because he's going to be frustrated. A lot of guys get frustrated fighting Stephen Thompson because they they get to a point where they feel like I can't touch him. Every time I, I, I'm reaching out there and I think I'm gonna gonna get him, he keeps it keeps missing. He keeps on you know stepping to the side, backing off, and the counters come. And so you you have got to just tell yourself, don't get frustrated. Just keep doing what I trained to do, and yeah. you know eventually you will touch him. Just don't expect it to be in the first one, two, three, no. four, five, somewhere in there. It may, but it may not. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, but overall, I think this is probably outside of the main event. This is the, definitely the best fight on the car or on the card. Oh, it's a in great, terms of, great match. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a phenomenal fight. And especially now, with let the me skill ask sets. you this though: 
we, we've had Stephen Thompson on our show. He's a phenomenal person. Great interview as well. And just, uh, but does he, does he, does he deserve the title shot next? Yeah. I, I absolutely believe he does. I mean, I, I heard Colby's next. So Colby's well, next, Col- but after Colby's, Colby's next. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even equating Colby being Got pulled it. out of it. From what I'm understanding, Colby gets the next shot. He and Usman will fight again. And then from that point, you've got Leon Edwards. Okay. Leon had a great fight against Diaz. He did not finish it well, and that does not yeah. sit well with getting a title shot. I just yeah. look at it and say, oh, you're going to have to prove again. Yes, you're on a nine-fight win streak. Maybe, what is it, nine or ten-fight win streak. Mm-hmm. But I think it's nine. That fifth, that fifth round did not look good. That's not the way you finish a fight. So I can understand the UFC going, no, we're going to put you in, a, in another matchup. Obviously, if Thompson beats Gilbert Burns, he passes him. Covington would be the only one on top of that. He's already getting the fight. Even Thompson deserves it. I'm a he Leon fan, it. man. I'm a Leon fan. I'm a, I'm a Stephen Thompson fan as well, but I'm a Leon fan. I would, I would have to. It depends. Look, if Stephen inks one out in a split decision, I don't know if I'd give it to him. I would if he I, I, if he ekes it out. All right, just, uh-huh. let's let's just be honest. Okay, he ekes it out against Gilbert Burns. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he ekes it out. Gilbert Burns is a guy who ranks in the top three fighters in the welterweight yeah. division yes. of the UFC, all right? And he eked out a, a win. Okay, Leon Edwards fought a guy in Nate Diaz that is ranked where? I don't know, but he didn't ink a win out. No, he didn't, but he almost lost it too. Now, yeah. he, won the, he won most of the fight, but not enough to get rid of his opponent and almost, in the end, got taken out in that fight. So, which one's worse? You, you fought a guy, on, and I take nothing from Nate. Obviously, he, he should be in the you know, rankings and everything. He's not because of frequency of fighting. But you got to go and say, well, if one eked it out and another one almost lost it, yeah, he won most of the rounds, but then he almost lost it in the end. I don't know. I still go with Thompson. I would what make Leon, do? I would make Leon fight another one. What, yeah, but like who? That's the thing. Like, who did Vicente Luque, maybe? Yeah. But Luque's got, already got a fight scheduled right yeah, now, he's right? got against Chiesa. Yeah, Chiesa. That'd be a good fight, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I, it really comes down to how Steven performs, and if he even gets past Burns. That's true. You know, that's the other thing, so. True. All right. Uh, let's go. Let's, let's get right into this main event. And I, talk I say, to let's me, Let's get right into this main event. Talk to 45 me. minutes of us <laughs> yabbering on about other stuff. Let's get right into it. Okay. Um, look, we said a lot on Saturday when we talked Sunday morning, actually, we said a lot and, and people keep thinking that like, um, like I, I'm favor, I, I was reading some of the comments, I'm favoring Connor. I'm like, I'm not favoring anyone. I wasn't this favoring is a, either a, one. This is a pick them fight. Like, I it said, really comes either down guy to can win this fight. It's, it's exactly yeah. it. It comes, it comes down to the adjustments in which Connor can make. If Connor can make the adjustments, then... I think he's going to have a great chance of success. I think he needs to get after the leg first. He needs to dictate that, hey, I'm, I kick harder, I'm faster, and I'm also a little bit probably longer than you. And if he, and if he can do that and make Dustin think twice about kicking himself, then I think he's got a good chance of winning. But it depends on who gets to the legs first. I think that calf kick's going to be key. 
And I think Dustin's been so active that he's learned in training how to adjust it a little bit, whether it's move the shin out of the way with that little back step, you know, or or even like as soon as someone goes to kick, just switch your stance right away. So then now they're they're missing that lead leg. I mean, he could do that as well. Yeah, but here, here's one of the things that's being missed. Here. If you go back to their, their second fight, mm-hmm. that calf kick had nothing to do with the beginning of that fight. What had what what was something that had was the precedence and setting for that fight so that calf kick worked? Dustin Poirier took Conor McGregor down. People don't even remember that. He took him down mm-hmm. and was on top of him and made Conor work. John, you're right. Get himself I fucking back up. Didn't remember it. I didn't All remember right. it. Yeah, exactly. Made him work to get back up, got him in the clinch, and made Conor do the thing that Conor does not want to get involved in. And that is a grappling match. Yeah. Connor does not. Connor starts to blow up in the grappling match. Now, he did a lot of grappling and he trained, you know, some grappling when he was going to fight Habib. And you you look at what he did. And, you know, we talk about that first takedown that Habib worked for. And everything that Connor was doing really well to stop all of the little, you know, transitions that were going on. But eventually, Went back to what he does, started trying to strike. That gave Habib the ability to make that takedown actually be successful. And that was the start of blowing Connor up as far as his arms get heavy. He gets more tired. He's not in control of the pace. Remember I talked about he has got to be in control of the pace of this fight for him to be able to go five rounds. And exactly what Dustin did in that second fight, went right out and right away took him down and made him get into a clinch, made him actually carry weight, made him have to kind of blow himself up. His arms get a little heavier. That's called being smart. That's Mike Brown in your corner. That's that's a game plan of let's do this. Now, is he going to be able to do it again? I don't know. You know, I can't say that he is because Connor might be, you know, thinking, oh, he doesn't want to just go out there and strike. This guy's going to try to take me down. I'm going to be a little bit more ready for that in the beginning and it you know can be completely different this fight can go so many ways because the first fight was completely different than the second fight the way both guys fought it was completely different the one thing that i'm seeing in this third fight is connor is trying to bring this back to that first fight especially in the game of words he's trying to pull dustin poirier into that Nice little, you know, combative game of words and get him riled and get him pissed, which he did not do and stayed away from and actually kind of made it to where he was the nice guy going into that second fight. It ain't the nice Connor coming into this one. He's trying to get inside of Dustin's head again. I don't think it's going to be successful this third time. Yeah, you're talking about that he Connor posted the the screenshot of Dustin's wife like sliding into his DMs, but let's, I don't, there was no date on it. So let's just remember that there was a lot of times she was reaching out to him, trying to get him to donate the money to their charity. Yep. Cause he said he would. So once I saw that, I was like, this, this could have happened right after that fight or right before that fight or whatever it was. You know, the other thing as well is you can go through your, um, you can go through your, your stuff and delete it all. You know, and then just, you know, and so it just looks like she was requesting to talk to you. I mean, I don't know what it is, but anyways, she, but regardless, I'm sure she had reached out trying to get him to donate the money that it's he said called he was trying to push a button. 
Oh yeah, you know, he he's he's gonna try to do it, but I think Dustin's been, I think, with his wife since middle school, I believe yeah. is what it was. I think he told me that a long time ago when we were training at Frankie's place in Jersey. And um yeah, he's been with her, I think, since middle school. like he's not concerned about any of that stuff. Not all <laughs> fighters can say that. Not not all fighters can say that. And so, you know, with him, I mean like He's just, I think, I think he's going to let all this stuff just shine on. He knows what he's got to do. He's been posting videos on his, on his social media of him playing ping pong, you know, with Sabah Masi and a bunch of other guys, Tim, Mike Brown and stuff. And so they're having a great time. He seems like he's relaxed. I know as the fight gets, you know, come up to Wednesday, Thursday, or no, sorry, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's going to get a lot more intense and, you know, it's going to start sure. playing on the mind. But if I'm going to lean anyway, man, I'm going to lean right now. I'm going to lean towards Dustin. So everyone that's that's talking, I can understand what the betting odds are and all of those things. And I'm not going to get into that right now because we're going to do a weighing on the odds for this card. But I'm, I really believe that Connor just hasn't been able, hasn't had enough time. He hasn't been as active. He's got too many business ventures going on. And no matter how isolated he puts himself for this time frame, I mean, he's, I don't think he's had the amount of time to make the adjustments for, to fight somebody who is super active. Look, when fighters train constantly daily, just getting better every single day, that is not his lifestyle anymore, you know, and maybe he can train for eight to 10 weeks in a period to get yourself back to, you know, say 80% of what you were. But remember we've, we've every, in every sport, when you're talking the top two or three people, you're talking like less than 1% or 2% oh. is what separates them. And right now, not even he's, close to one or 2%. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's that. I don't think he's one or two percent away from from what Dustin was. Maybe he's going to prove me wrong. He may. He may prove me wrong. But I just don't think that he has been able, been as active. He has not been as active. What am I saying? I think he hasn't been as he hasn't been as active. And and where has he been training? I know I saw him in California. He's been posting videos in California. He was in Dubai a little bit, and then he was he's been all around. You know, and so if you're traveling all around, you're not really focused on the fight itself. Sure, you're focused on it, but it's not the same as just hunkering down, being in one camp, and just getting better every single day. Why do you think people go to Big Bear to isolate themselves away from all that stuff? I don't think he has the ability to do that. His his idea of isolation is like, okay, I'm going to sit in my room and count my money. <laughs> so it's my eyes you know what a, i mean like boy that's not a bad way of isolating <laughs> no it's not but I, I i really believe that he's got his hands in so many different things and which he should and I, and I think i think a lot of people should be happy for him for that you know he's he turns nothing into something you know and uh he's been successful at it and he's got a great management team around him and all those things with audi and paradigm and all those guys and so um i think i just don't know if he's got if he has what it takes it anymore to get back to that level because his hands are all out there and everything else. And so we're going to see, I think we're going to, obviously we're going to find out on Saturday, but I, I think that Dustin being as active as he is, he's a lot more durable. I think he's, he's going to be, I think he's going to have a phenomenal fight and uh, he's not going to let any of that shit get into his head. And it's going to be a good fight, man. I think it's going to be a good fight. Like I said, I lean towards Connor in the first maybe round and a half, two rounds. Then after that, I look at Dustin. Yeah, the rest of the way. I would say that's the way to look at it. You know, Josh, you sat there with uh, me and Adi, who is Connor's manager, and we talked about, hey, focus. Focus is everything when it comes to this type of fight. And if, when your focus is not 100% on that fight and you have these other interests going on and your focus starts to 
you know, lend, you know, themselves out in certain percentages towards those areas. That's, that can be the difference in the fight. And really it, it is, you know, I, I said, he need, in my opinion, he needed to get back with, get back to John Kavanaugh, get back to Roddy Owen, get back to the guys that, you know, he came up with and that were with him, you know, during the, the lean times and everything. You cannot well, be in he, control of your camp. No. Someone no, else has to be. You have yeah, to believe well, in that person and that person's gonna take care of you and they're gonna they're gonna run your camp and you're gonna do what they tell you on that day. That's the way it's gotta be with someone, you know, in that situation. We'll see if Connor was able to do it. Yeah, you would think with like well he Peter Queeley and you know James Gallagher oh, and all he's those. got the people. Yeah, he's got them all available to him. He's just got to bring them in and make sure that they're all around to train with him. Yep. Uh, Dylan Dennis and those guys. If you want to get back to that group, I, I 100% condone it all. I think it'd be an amazing job for you to do that with Kavanaugh and everyone coming all back in. But you, you're taking them away from their families. You're taking them away from something. They're going to have to be – you, you've got the money to do it. But I, it's not even that much. They would probably do it for free. You know what I mean? Like as long as you brought them out and they'd have to yeah, spend their would. own dime to get out there. They would. Um, they speak very highly of them. They, um, they're all friends. They love them. Him. Yeah, they do. And so when it comes to like, when it comes to that type of scenario situation, I just don't even know if it's, it's not even so much the training partners or the coaches. It's just a matter of, like you said, and Audie didn't say anything that made us think that he wasn't. He even said no, that no, he no. needs to focus. He just yeah. needs to stay on task. If he stays on task, he's like, I know he's got all the skills and the ability to beat him. Yep. Um, but I agree with you. you. Can't run your own camps, man. And never have you been a no no fighter. I've never seen one fighter that was extremely successful run their own damn camp. It's tough because so. there there are always those days you go, man. I can't do one more, and someone tells you, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can do one more. Do it. Let's go. And they they drive you past that point. And it's those times, it's those moments that when you have to dig deep in the fight, it's there. It's there for you because you had to dig deep in that camp and it'll be there. And when, when you didn't, sometimes it's not there. It's just the difference maker. And so hopefully, you know, Connor did everything the way it was supposed to be done. It goes back to, you need that person to push you that little extra, like you said, but the reason why you need them to push you that extra is because you're never going to be able to train even with that person as hard as the fight's going to be. Never. Because when you start to put like your training partners, they see you're tired. They're like, okay, I can rest too then. Yeah. Because they're not, they're not as good as trying to beat you. you. Yeah. Cause they're not trying to beat you. They're not trying to knock you out. And then, but they're just as tired as you. Cause they're not in fight shape. Majority of the time they're like, they're out right outside of camp or they're just jumping into their camp or, you know, you generally don't try to train with someone that is in a camp also because you guys don't want to get hurt, but you also need someone to push you and you can't go hard on them because they have a camp too. And they're, they have a fight as well. So you need those people and coaches do that for you, but you can still, your coach can never get you to train as hard as the actual fight. Because as you get tired, that fighter pushes you to save your ass. And then as they get tired, you push them to beat their ass. And so when it goes back and forth, you're using more energy than you normally would in a real camp or in in, in a training session. But regardless, um, it's going to be a good. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think we're going to oh. get. I think we're going to get three and a half to four. I, I think four. I say it's I somewhere we'll in the third. I'm going. I'm going. Yeah, three you're right. saying somewhere in the third. Yep. 
All right. All right. Well, hey, let's hit uh, weighing in on the odds. We're going to go ahead and hit this, and we're going to go to mybookie.ag, mybookie.com. Use the promo code Wayne in. They'll give you some extra spending cash, a little extra money. You guys can bet on these fights here coming up, and they've got a couple prop bets as well. But realistically, we're just going to get into the odds. So Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor. Dustin Poirier is a minus 130, so he's favored. Conor McGregor What's is a plus 100. What's that telling you? Because it didn't start out that way. A lot of money oh, starting to go on Conor. I mean, on what Dustin Poirier over Conor. It started off, it, start it was off basically that? even. It was basically an even fight. Wow. Hmm. So there's, there's obviously more, more and more money is coming in on Dustin Poirier because people are going with the last fight. Doesn't mean that's the way it's going to be in this one. But that's the way people are looking at it. Yeah, I got you. All right, the over on it, though, is Dustin Poirier's over is minus 200 of one and a half. That's well, it's not Dustin Poirier. That's the over. Oh, sorry, the over. Sorry. (laughs) There you go. Over one and a half, meaning that goes past one and a half. You've got to put 200 to win 100. Mm So, yeah, and I I, I agree with that. But because I I believe that, you know, that you got to figure the first two fights. The first one ended in the first round. The The second one ended somewhere halfway into the second round, we'll say. So mm-hmm. you know, you're looking at that, and right now that's, you know, giving you good odds. But I would say, you know, I actually think it's going to go to the over in this third third matchup, but we'll have to see. All right. So Jessica I and Jennifer Maya. Jessica I is a plus 160. Jennifer Maya is a minus 200. Yeah, see, that's, a, that's one that I've. I really look at it and I would say in that fight, personally, I think I would go with Jennifer Maya and I would probably say I'll put a hundred down to win fifty dollars. Yeah. Interesting. Scroll down for me there, Dave. All right. Well, let's see if we can find the uh oh, there we go. The uh Pahea and Nico Price. It's at the very top, Dave. So Pahea is minus 165 and Nico Price is plus 135. You know, that's one that Nico Price can definitely win that fight. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's just, I don't want to say he's crazy, but he's crazy. He's fun to watch. He will take chances. But Pahea's got a lot of skill, big guy for that weight class. Um, I don't know if I I would uh, reach out that far. Minus 165, you know, that's, that's saying that he's pretty good favorite. You know, it's not two to one, but Nico Price at plus one three five. You want to take a chance? Nico definitely has the ability to win the fight. So I always like when if you have an underdog and they they really you look and it's, it's not one of those. Well, anyone can win a fight, but no, this guy actually he can win this fight. That's what that's what I would go with the underdog. And so you could say that Nico Price he can win that fight, and you could get it. You know, plus one thirty five, not bad odds. See, what I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to go ahead and take the Carlos Condit over Max Griffin at plus mm. 160. I'm going to take that one, and Max Griffin is favored at minus 200. I'm going to take the Carlos Condit. Absolutely. At I plus will 160. Based upon experience, yeah. based upon all of the everything he's done, not that, you know, that Max can't beat him. He definitely could, but go with the experience and say, I, I'm going to say, as an underdog in that, 160. I'll, I'll definitely lay down a hundred dollars to try to win one sixty. Yeah, yeah, I would as well. And then the Sean O'Malley and Chris Mutino. I would probably go with Chris <laughs> Mutino because why not? <laughs> it's, 
it's know, a fight, honestly, man. I would tell you why not because like they got O'Malley at minus nine hundred, and you've got Chris at plus four fifty. You bump bump me up to plus six fifty, and I'll bet Chris. But I'm not gonna do it at four fifty. I'm not gonna bet it. Why? Because O'Malley, I believe, that, is gonna beat him. So I'm not gonna take the 20, chance on the big upset. I'm gonna go and bucks. say, nope, O'Malley's gonna win. 25 bucks. <laughs> 50 bucks. 50 just bucks. 50 just, bucks. Just, just throw 10 or 5. I'm going to bet on every single one of these fights, and whatever money I start to win, I'm just going to bet it on the next one. I'm just going to keep betting okay, it and rolling into the next one. Well, that's called a I'm parlay, st- mister. You need to, you no, need to start just I'm doing stupid. a parlay so you win more money. <laughs> uh, and then the one that we – obviously, there's two more, actually, but the, the one that I was uh, would love to, to bet on just for fun because I'm stupid is the Greg Hardy and Tuavasa fight. Yeah. So you got yeah. Greg Hardy at plus 100 and Tuavasa yep. at minus 130. Which is telling you it's very close in the way they're looking at it, but I'm going to say that the experience of Tuavasa, the ability to uh, control more of the fight in the different areas and just a little bit more of a, a big old crazy guy you know, that is going to take chances. I believe in Tuavasa in this, even though I, Greg Hardy's a great athlete, but... I think I would go with Tuavasa at minus one thirty. Hmm. You gonna go with Hardy? Nah. Nah. Oh, damn it! That was gonna guarantee I was right. No, no, <laughs> no. I, I actually I would love to bet on that fight, but uh, it's just too close. It's not really worth my money. Oh, that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's the kind I like to bet right there. That's nah, not worth my money. Stephen Thompson minus one fifty five, and Gilbert Burns is plus one twenty five. Look at that! The guy who is rated higher. Is the guy who is the underdog? Yep. Gilbert Burns is the underdog in that one. That one's that's uh, that's pretty indicative of the way people are betting. That's crazy. Well, he's coming yeah. off the loss. That's why yeah. he's coming off that knockout yeah. loss. So, yeah. uh, but I, if I was to take that bet, I would probably bet on Gilbert Burns. That's the kind you look at and you say, "I'll take I'll take Gilbert Burns in that because it, yep. him being an underdog again, an underdog that has a serious chance of winning that fight." Mm-hmm. Yep, not? I agree. Scrolling down, is there any fights that we maybe missed? No. That's that it. are worth nope. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Nope. That's the end of it. Nope. All right, guys. Well, hey, go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code WAYNEIN, and you get a little bit extra spending cash for these fights and everything else. So you got the NBA Finals started tonight. Hit them up. Bet on those as well. You got the wrapping up, I think, pretty soon here of the, the NHL Finals. But the Habs won. They took one. You said it was going to wrap up that next game, but it didn't, and it stayed on. It was good stuff, whatever. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. They... Tampa Bay will wrap it up this time. They will? Canada is about so. to cry. Canada yeah, is going right, to cry. Though. Oh, man, Tampa Bay went back-to-back, <laughs> back, man. They went back-to-back. Back. They'll go back-to-back. Back. be insane, though, if the Habs come back and end up winning. Ooh, that would that's be huge. 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 Um, all right. Well, that's that's the uh, Wayne on the odds with Wayne in Big John McCarthy and Josh Thompson, of course, the guy on the controls podcast. Dave. Well, hey, let's. Uh, I think we're getting into some fan questions, aren't we? Yeah, we, we have are. a few, a couple of news items first before. Okay, we get go with there. the news. Talk to me about let's the news, it. Dave. So the first one is the video that circulated uh, via Kobe Covington of Dustin dropping a sparring partner, um, <laughs> and um, Kobe posted it out and basically his comments were that. Dustin is not a nice, charitable guy. Uh, he is a piece of shit person. Let me show you this video, Mike, so you can set it off, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes through, shows him. Um, 
Uh, watch what uh, he says in his face. And no, he's rubbing it in the kid's face after he drops him. What's nice and honorable and chatable about that? Um, and then the <laughs> Dust Dustin comes out and replies and says, "This is a pro fighter with twenty wins," and that was basically Dustin's response to the video. Pro fighter with twenty wins. Well, is okay. he on the UFC? Where is he at? Who is he? Doesn't matter. Well, it could be a pro fighter that he's a kickboxer. It could be a lot of things. Well, why'd you, why would you bring him in for Khabib? Not, Khabib you're not bringing him in for Khabib. You're bringing, his name was Khabib. Oh, his name was Khabib? Oh, I'm, I'm guessing. No, no, no. It, no it, said, it said he brought him in to help him train for Khabib. Uh, where right? did you see that? Up, scroll where up a little bit. Where did you see that? Bit. Scroll up a little bit. Isn't that where I said right there? Yeah. See, it says right there. You just oh, yeah. dropped the amateur who came to help you train for Khabib Nurmagomedov, which why you are training with amateurs. And then that's what he said. Look, I'm not taking anything Colby okay. has to say to heart. Yeah, hold on. Let, let, <laughs> well, why why is it that Colby's saying he's an amateur and Dustin's saying is a pro fighter with 20 wins? So who are you going to believe? Yeah. Which one is it? One of them's lying. John, John, I'm not here to pick sides, my friend. I am. Okay. I know you, you must are. pick a side. <clears throat> okay, but let me ask you this. If he's a pro, I'm not saying Dustin's wrong. If he's a pro fighter with 20 wins, is he not in the UFC? Is he not in Bellator? Where is he? If you have 20 wins, you should be in a bigger organization. And why wouldn't you just say, I mean, I get why you didn't say his name. Now that I just was, as I was saying it, I understand. Okay, there you go. (laughs) But first off, um, hold on. Let's take a look at this in reality. What happens in the gym stays where? Stays in the gym. gym. Okay. So now who's, who's the guy that's, that's not following that yeah. basic code of conduct. Yeah. Did was you see Game Red's re- did you see Game Red's response? Yeah, I saw his response yeah, on love. A lot of the Game Red said. <laughs> right maybe away, man. Video. Goes, oh, maybe we should have posted when you got hit with something and went down. Yeah. Meaner. When when you know, when Dustin dropped you to the body, we should post that too. It's fucking great. Uh, you know, and again, see again, this is what we're talking. There's a basic code of conduct that hey, what happens in the gym stays in the gym because it's training. And, you know, you can even look in that that little match, uh, sparring match with Dustin. The guy gets hit with a shot, and in a real fight, he wouldn't have gone down, all right? But it's sparring, and he got he got buzzed, and so he kind of, you know, stumbles, and he just sits himself down, and that's a normal thing you see all the time in sparring, in the gym. It's nothing special. It doesn't mean that you would have knocked the guy down in a real fight. It's, you know, just like what you were talking about earlier. There's a difference. There's a difference in speed. There's a difference in, you know, things that work in the gym don't work in the real fight. They don't work in the cage the same way because people are more into, I will not give up. We're in sparring. Yeah. It's sparring. If I get hurt, I'm going to say, whoa, time. Okay. Yeah. Get me out. I get hit to the body and I can't breathe. Guess what? I'm doing the wave off and I'm walking. Right. So I don't fall, fall down. It's just, this is. It's training, and it's part of what sparring. What happens, in, and this is why you don't come out. You don't. You don't put videos like that out. You don't talk about it. And it's when people say things. Well, I saw it in the gym. Doesn't matter what you saw in the gym. What matters is what happens in the real fight. That's when you can absolutely take take a look at someone and give a a good evaluation of someone's skill set. I've seen too many guys in the gym. They can beat everybody. And when you put them under the bright lights, <laughs> oh, yeah. the whole thing changes. And they can't beat anybody because yeah. 
it's for real and it's a different atmosphere it's a different pressure don't i don't even look at that i look at that and i'm saying right now colby you screwed up you shouldn't have put that out you're trying to be cute it's not you're making a mistake john do you think he really gives a shit no (laughs) i don't He's not at that gym anymore. He don't give a fuck. He ain't never going back either. They're not welcoming him back, by the way. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. So I don't think he gives two shits. I mean, he's really just trying to talk himself into a potential fight with someone later on that could potentially make him more money. He's just, he's, he's, I mean, I know everyone's going to be like, oh, he's a stupid idiot, but he's a smart guy. When it comes to the way he's marketing himself, he knows what's getting under his skin. He's hoping that one day Dustin will go ahead and come up to his weight class and he can fight him at 170 or. He's going to get that fight with Game Bread. He's going to get that fight with Game Bread. I, I would say that's the one. Yeah, he's going to get that fight. He's going to catch all that smoke. Yeah. So that's going to be About good. time. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a fun fight. I'd love to see that fight, though, by the way. There's there, there's three fights sitting there for George. Very simple. Oh, yes. All right. You got Nick Diaz coming back. That would be a beautiful yeah. fight. Him and Masvidal been around forever. Awesome mm-hmm. fight. Leon Edwards. George Masvidal hit you in the back. Yeah. And when you say it, you know, he hits you with a shot, there is an automatic story right there. That's one that you can put him against. And the last one is the guy he used to train with, Mr. Colby Covington. Yeah. That would be a great matchup. So there's three fights. Masvidal's sitting in a very good position, in my my opinion. I love yeah. what he's done. He's I love how he's handled it shit. all. Oh, it's great, man. It's awesome. All right, what else you got for us, Dave? Um, so as John called it earlier, there is a bidding war right now for this Fedor fight. Um, and two of the more recent names that have come out is Fabricio Verdum uh, wanting the rematch. And then Jake Hager, former WWE champion and current uh, All Elite Wrestling Inner Circle member. Uh, what's uh, All Elite Wrestling? I know. I, I've done a video a promo video for uh, him and, uh, when he I fought was just going to say that. He's a cool dude, man. Stupid. I like me. I like Jake, man. He's a cool dude. Great person to be around. Um, look, Fedor's not the same Fedor that he was, and we are, we're not going to sit up here and try and pretend that he is. Fabricio, no. Fabricio Berdum is locked into a contract with the PFL. I don't know why there he's even in the talk. Um, I don't like the. Well, they fight say he with, can get out of it. Of course, his manager is Ali, and Ali's part of that organization. <laughs> so, of course, he can. Um, the the um, the the other two guys, Alistair and JD uh, JDS Junior DeSantos. Junior DeSantos. I'm not. I'm not big on that either. You know, so I'm not big on those fights. I, I don't know, man. I, I honestly. I don't, I, I, I just don't, I don't know. <laughs> John, you know what I'm thinking, man. I know what you're thinking. I just but don't. Here, all right, here's the thing. This is what, I'm going to say this. And first off, Jake is undefeated, but yeah. he has not fighted. He has, has not fighted. Jesus Christ. Fight, that's a great he one. He has fight not it. fought. Fight it, huh? Fight it. That's some, that's some good. <laughs> oh, jeez. So he has not fought a high caliber of competition. All right. But he does have. He has, you know, absolute credentials going into the amateur wrestling, not the pro wrestling. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. The the, the championship of the WWE. Out of the, the University of Oklahoma, I believe. Yes, he did wrestle. You know, yeah. All-American. Fantastic. Had 30 wins his senior year. The guy can wrestle. But the one thing I will say, his last fight, and I can't remember oh. the guy's last. It was in 
I want to say Casal, but Matt's, I can't remember what his guy's last name was. But that fight, it said something to me about Jake Hager. Yep. Because Jake Hager in that fight was in a fight, and he was in trouble, and he was getting hit with shots. What was the guy's name? Uh, Brandon Carlton. Oh, Calton. Brandon Carlton. Okay. Calton. Yeah. Calton. I thought it was Matt. Oh, so Brandon Calton, they were – Jake was trying to take him down times. Calton was hitting him with big shots, and it got to the end of the second round, and, and Jake Hager could have quit. He could have said, that's it. I'm done with this crap. Okay? And he sucked it up, and he went back out there, and he took more abuse, and he gave abuse, and he showed – Although he doesn't have a great record as far as a lot of fights, he's not been doing this that long. He's a fighter. He's got a fighter's mentality. He's got a fighter's spirit. He's a tough dude because when he could have laid down, when the, when everything was going against him at a certain point, he could have said, screw this. I've got my professional wrestling career. I can go back to that. He did not give an inch. He went out. And he performed to the best of his ability. He never quit. He never stopped. And he got the win. And you look and you go, all right, you proved something to me, Jake Hager. You are a real fighter. I got nothing but respect for you. Yeah, John, he took some fucking huge shots in that fight. Oh, he did. He, <clears throat> he did. took some huge shots. And I was I was actually surprised because it was 1-1 going into the third. Yep. And I, I thought, like I thought like most people thought, if you're going to quit, this is the opportunity to do it. And I thought Absolutely. possibly he would. You and I were calling that fight. Yeah. We were looking at each other going, I'm surprised that he is still willing to keep going. Because like you said, why? I can go back to the to my pro wrestling career yeah. and not take this kind of abuse. You know what I mean? These were real shots. And he came out there in the third, put on a great performance, took some big shots in the third as well, but he dished out more. Yep. And uh, for a big guy, what is he, like 6'8"? He's almost 6'4". He's taller yeah, than 6'4". He's, six, he's about 6'5". Six. Six five, okay. I was yeah. like, he's taller than six four. He's a big guy. Yeah. You know, and super nice guy, great person, um, fun to be around. Yep. You know, um he's got a chance, he's got a puncher's chance, because let's just be honest. Fedor's forty four years old. Yeah. And his his chin is not anywhere near what it used to be. No, it's not. You know, and so it's not. but I just I don't know. This I is a guy that's not gonna knock him out. <clears throat> I or I I think at this point though with Fedor it doesn't matter it, it could be a it, if someone connects the chin it could be over quickly you know a one eighty five pounder could knock him out Ooh. you know I mean well he's not a big guy remember that his fucking Jake Hager's hand is probably bigger than Fedor's head you know like he's fucking enormous this guy is big and if he if he just accidentally clubs his head at all with his forearm or anything it could knock Fedor Fedor's tiny he's maybe like two twenty right now. It's like he's shrunk also too because he's older. He's just like don't get me wrong. Like I, yeah, the muscle I just mass don't, is different. Yeah, I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I just. I. I just at this at this age, I want to see him fight in Moscow and I want to see him retire. That's my. That's that. I, I've. I, John, I've said it. Well, that's that's it. I just said what I was thinking. I, I want to see him fight his one opportunity in Moscow and I want to see him retire. I just have so many great memories of watching him fight. Yeah. And I haven't had those as of lately. 
honestly, his his last flash of a great fight to me, which was just fun. It wasn't a great fight, but it was fun. It was him and Chael. Because there was a lot of back and forth and bridging and throwing and knockdowns. and It was fun. It was like that little bit of the old Fedor still in there. And, you know, it was, it was a fun fight, you know, entertainment-wise. But uh, the same it thing with the mirror it, fight. Yeah. The, the mirror fight was, was quick. Good. That was quick. That yeah, was it was. Quick, but though. there was mirror kind of tagging him, going after mm-hmm. him. A beautiful throw by Fedor, which yeah. absolutely pissed Frank off and kind of got Frank coming after him harder. And he landed a beautiful shot to put Frank out. I mean, but both of those were, were good performances. Yeah, no, I think they were good performances. But I also, I, for me, the Chael fight had a little bit of everything. Takedown defense, throws, you know, big shots, drop Chael. Chael got back up. Chael had his chance to get on top, got the Chael back. Chael jumping on the back. That didn't it. work. What was that? Didn't put oh, any hooks oh. in, slides <laughs> off. You know, it was just, it was one of those, it was very like, I don't know. It was just very entertaining. If you're at home watching, you're like, God, don't do that. Oh, shit, he fucking did it. Oh, no. It fucking dropped it. It was one of those kind of fights. Like, what the hell is going on? This is crazy. So it was one of those fights. Anyways, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But what I, happens. I think in the bidding war, in the bidding war, I, I don't want to see JDS. I don't want to see Overeem. I don't want to see, obviously, I don't want to see Verdum. All three of those guys, I don't want to see that fight. I guess I can get I could get behind the Jake Hager thing because the the AEW crowd and all the other stuff that comes along with it. But they're gonna fight in Russia, so I don't know. Maybe pick a Russian guy for him to fight. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you, John. <laughs> I mean, here, here's I have a good the winner of Tyrell Fortune and Matt Mitrione. Let's see him fight the winner of that. Well, you know, you say that, and I look and I go, if Matt Mitrione beats Tyrell Fortune. Which, be a, that's, there's, there's that's, a good chance. Well, there's a possibility. I could see them saying, "Okay, <clears throat> Fedor wants that rematch. He wants another shot at Mitrion." I said that would be the fight. If he doesn't, and Tyrell Fortune beats Matt Mitrion, I see. I see them giving it to Jake Hager since he's asking for it. Yeah, I really do. Possibly. Instead of bringing somebody else in, I think they're going to yeah. give it to Jake. Yeah, I don't think. I just don't think they should bring anybody else in. I yeah. think they should just use what they have on the roster. That's you could go with Kiritanov. That would be a fun fight. I'd actually Kiritanov. like that That's, fight. They have not ever fought. It's, Which it is crazy, fun. right? I know. All those times crazy they're on think. the same all, cards. Yeah, all the pride stuff. Kiritanov's yep. just big, man. He's oh, huge, he's, though. But he's, he's a boxing huge. set. You know, he, most of his style, he, he likes to box. I would have liked to have seen the, the big country, Roy Nelson and Fedor. Yeah, and I know we I know we cut Roy Nelson, but I mean I, I would like to have seen that fight. It would have been just a fun fight, <laughs> funny to, you know, you got Fedor and Big Country. <laughs> All right, uh, like we're gonna jump into some fan questions here, buddy. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Oh, Dave, uh, can you speak into the mic so our <laughs> comment section stops hating on you, please? Yeah, Turn your right volume up a little the bit. Mic. And also try to speak English. I heard you guys fucking help create the damn language. Can you try to speak English? This guy. I'm gonna get uh, the Scottish partner. Now. See, you didn't even hear what you said. What did you guy go? What go? Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, somebody. I am fire. I'm deliberately through Scottish. You know, you're squatting there. Freedom. Oh god. All right, guy. Fine. Fine question. He's the last tough guy that came out of your damn country outside of Paul Craig, huh? Fucking yeah. William Wallace. All right, go ahead. 
J Storm asks, can a fighter have his coaches and stool stare at the cage in between rounds and just stare down his opponent for the full minute? Any stories of similar situations and how did it turn out? What? Say that one again. I'm sorry. That didn't make any sense. Yep. The fact that you even pulled this up as a fan question is just ridiculous. Well, <laughs> Josh, we posted a fan question poll and this was... No, but I'm question. saying you chose this question though. <laughs> Go ahead. Can a fighter have his coaches and stools stay out of the cage in between rounds and just stare down his opponent for the full minute? Has it happened and how did it turn out? Yes, he can. Yes, it has happened. And how did it turn out? Doesn't matter. Just sit there and say, how does it turn out? A fighter, that what people need to understand is that that minute of time that is the fighter's time. That is the coach's time with the fighter. And that is the fighter's time to do it with, you know, whatever he wants with his coaches as far as reasonable, as far as the commission sees. There is a representative for the commission with him. But I have seen where the representative for the commission, being the inspector, has come into the cage while the coach has stayed on the outside. He's handed a water bottle over the top. Never walked in the cage. The fighter never sat down. The fighter, in fact, was staring at his opponent the entire time. And start the fight. And it's what you do. I mean, they can do whatever they want with that time. They can come in the cage. Obviously, there's only two people allowed in the cage under the unified rules at one time. And being, you know, it could be a coach. If it's a cut man that comes in based upon a cut or something like that, then, you know, one of the coaches goes out. But... That's the fighter's time, and he if he wants to stand up, he can stand up. If he wants to sit down, if he wants to lay down, he can do all those things. But as soon as he's told to get to a certain position to start the fight, then that's his time to get back to you know, the position to start the fight. But, yeah, they can do what they want. <clears throat> Next. <laughs> Next question. Comes you don't want to talk the... about that one, huh, Josh? <laughs> no. Next question is from Alan Scott, who asks, Uncle Chael said judo is one of the least effective martial arts and MMA thoughts question mark <coughs> Uncle Shale's right like it, it, it's effective in terms of throws but it's not effective in terms of like finishes and I mean how often we see someone get thrown knocked out on their head maybe a handful of times you know it's not in terms of like in MMA sure it's great at getting the fight to the ground but not a lot of judo players really good judo players are, are good at submissions so getting them to the ground is great but then finishing them. Now the newer evolution of judo, they've started working in a lot more submission attacks right off the throw. But you have to remember, if you throw someone who does not an epon, do you have like 25 seconds or something like that? I don't know what the exact. You have a certain amount of time on the ground to work a submission or work to a position, you know, to get the finish. But if you don't get it, then they stand you back up and they have you go again. Um, but judo itself, up until just recently, just I would say probably 10 years ago, they found there was a big evolution of these guys attacking submissions once jujitsu started playing such a factor in it they would throw you and transition right to the submission um but in terms of for mma if it's just the throwing portion of it it's not effective in in terms of finishing the fight but it's good at getting the fight to the ground it's harder to get him to the ground because there's nothing to grab you know carl Parisian was phenomenal at it he was Hello. great at getting the yeah he was great at getting the fight to the ground but carl also had a very good attack he was also very good at attacking the jiu-jitsu position. But what was he? He was a judo player. Oh, okay. Look at to sit there and tell me that, oh, no, judo's not a good base for MMA. 
Bullshit. That wasn't the question. Bullshit. That Just wasn't the put question, it out there. John. Really, what was the question? Was one of the least effective, not a base. It was one of the least effective. If I'm going to choose kickboxing, is it or, least effective? Yes. Bullshit. It's not the least. It's not. It's one of the. It says one of the least effectives. Yes, it is. It is the really? one of the most how, least let's effective. See. Okay, how well did a girl named Ronda Rousey do with judo in MMA? But didn't I say the submission wasn't that, part? Wasn't that her I, base? I said the submit. We're not talking about the base, John. We're talking Boy. about the least effective. And okay, I said a handful. Least, okay, was there it was least a effective handful, for her? There has been a handful of judo players in the game. Okay, and not all of them have been successful. You've had two or three that have been good enough to be successful. And the ones that were successful were the ones that had jujitsu backgrounds as well. That was my point. I just said that. I'm not arguing Hold with on. you in terms judo, of I thought it was judo great, but it's not as jujitsu are what? Are what? Grappling. They're they're the same. Let's just be honest about it. No, 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 no. You okay. All right, give me the give the me same. really give me the history of Brazilian jiu-jitsu there, Josh. I very rarely give see Give me the history of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You're a black belt. Give me the history of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So you're telling me that Hoist is give a judo me the history You're telling me Hoist is a judo black belt. You're telling me Hoist is a judo black belt. I never seen him throw a judo. I, I, I didn't say anyone. he was a judo black belt. I said but give you just me said the they history. Were the same. John, you just said they were the same. Jiu-jitsu. I didn't say that. I said give me the history of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Dave, play back the tape. And you can't do it. Because take, you're sitting Dave. there talking about something. Look at Asai Maeda, who is the guy that taught Carlos Gracie. Mm-hmm. Okay, came from who? Like Jigaro Kano, who was what? The man who came up with judo from jujitsu. Okay, Asai Maeda was the guy that taught the Gracies, and he was a judo player. That's what he was. Now, I'm not saying that. The Gracies and Elio didn't change things a little bit. But little judo bit. and jiu-jitsu are very similar. The Olympics changed judo. They changed it into a throwing match. Instead of using Nawaza and using the ground and all the submission techniques, all the submission techniques are the same. They're the same damn thing. How can you sit there and say it's not one of the best bases? It's a great base. That they didn't. This was never about a base. This was about the least effective in MMA. That's not the. That was okay, not the question. You can't change the question to someone, fit your narrative, John. I'm not. I'm not changing to fit the narrative. You're sitting there saying that it's not effective. It is what fucking Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to a point. I understand that part of it all, but the people that come in, all the judo players that come in, you've had a handful. Not even a handful. You've had three of them that were successful with judo in the sport. Kayla Harris being number four. But the rest of them all, no, the rest of them were not as effective. And Carl Parisian, sure, he was great at it, but he was not he was not a Ronda Rousey level either in terms of his success in the sport. If you're going to say well, who was successful, it would just be her. No other judo player has been successful in the sport outside of her. Carl is that a car? Uh, How can you say per- that, that Parisian was not successful? He ended up in a position to fight Matt Hughes for yes. the welterweight title and and was pulled based upon an injury and things went downhill from for him from there but he was all the way at the top i understand i understand what you're saying i get it we fought on the same cards a couple of times you know I, he lost his second fight i think to to gsp i believe or no no sorry no he lost to gsp 
He lost GSP, but there was another guy yeah. he lost to on the second card. Or no, it was the first guy he beat. Sorry, he beat the first guy and then he lost Dave GSP Strasser. the second time. Yeah, Stra- yeah. Um, oh, you remember that one? <laughs> well, we fought on that. We fought on both. We fought on the same yeah. card together both times. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm saying that sure he, but he wasn't the Ronda Rousey level. And my point is, is it? Well, he didn't if get I'm going to choose level. What's that? He didn't get to the championship level. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but I mean, I just look and say, look, the techniques of judo and jujitsu. They're the same techniques. When you're talking about an arm bar, it's it's an arm bar. When you're talking about triangle choke, it's a triangle choke. It's they're all the same submission hold. Okay, are they not? But well, I will I will do this as I will back you in the fact that the fact that the Olympics changed judo. Yeah. So then, therefore, it's changed the effectiveness in the sport of MMA because when they throw, the control on the ground is not the same as if I agree. it would be jujitsu. So that I can back seeing, you on that point of it. But you're seeing a change in judo where the ground is starting to come back. I said that. I said okay. that earlier. Thanks for repeating. Good for you. <laughs> Thanks for repeating me. All right, I'll, <laughs> I'll stop arguing with you. Oh man! <laughs> I had to make it hard on you. you sound like Miss McCarthy right now. She's always getting on me. Jeez. All right, the, let's the have it. What is, else you got for us, Dave? The real question is: How does it fuel that Uncle Chael just caused that rift between you two guys? <laughs> Uncle Chael. Uncle oh, I Chael. Love I love me some. Uh, Chael says a whole lot. Chael also says that Sambo is not real. <laughs> there is no. There is oh. actually no Sambo in the world that's not real. Chael says a lot of things, and I love me some Chael. I'm not putting uh-huh. Chael down, but Chael says a lot of things. I think it's Chael good. will say whatever he wants just to stir the bucket. I love it. I love yep. it. It's fun. <laughs> Next question is from uh, Kerry Hafiz, and they ask: Is Darren Till overhyped? He has beaten a lot of top. Uh, he hasn't beaten a lot of competition, even at welterweight. I don't think he's overhyped at all. I mean, but he's always fighting some of the top competitions. So they're not easy to beat. And there's that fraction of a couple of times he's made mistakes, but he was winning the fight, you know? And so like, when you get to that top level of fighters, it only takes one or two mistakes. And the next thing you know, you're, you're looking up at the lights. It, separation is less than 1% of, of the ones trying to get there to be the champ. He's always up there in that top talk, whether it's welterweight or middleweight. So no, I don't think he's overhyped at all. I think his social media is fucking underhyped. Phenomenal. He's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> He's so damn fun. I love it. So if you guys don't follow Darren Till, you guys are stupid because <laughs> he's so fucking great. All right, let's look at Darren. Look, let's look. Darren Till has, what, three losses in his career? He lost to Whitaker, I think, in his last fight. He lost to Woodley yep. in the championship fight, and I know he lost in the knockout loss to Masvidal. Who else has he mm-hmm. lost to? Those he are the was only beating three. George. Yeah, but he was beating George. Yeah, you know, but, but those are but those punch. are his three losses. Now he's got yeah. wins against Donald Cerrone. He's got a win against Stephen Thompson. It was a close fight. I actually thought Thompson won, but I did, it was I did a close too. fight, and I can understand where you know it could go either way. He, he's got big wins. He's got a win a win against Kelvin Gastelum, who I think is still a tough ass fighter, a very Phenomenal good fighter. fighter. So I mean, he's proven himself. You know. I don't know what you want from people, man. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't win all of his fights. Okay, look at the guys he lost to. All of them. Studs when he fought them. So uh, I, I agree with Josh. Darren Till is a very good fighter. Obviously, there's some holes in his game that certain people can take advantage of, but you've got to be able to take advantage of him, and that's not easy to do. He's a tough dude, and he's got 
he's got really good stand-up. He's able to control distance and range and light you up really well. So I, I go with Darren Till's a hell of a fighter. Look, there's only like one or two, maybe three fighters in the world that are that have been to the top that have like one or two losses or no losses. You know, you've got Khabib, you've got John Jones, you've got like Khabib, John Jones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, Amasov, Yaroslav, Amasov. You know, you've got people that have got to the top, but they they have no losses or one or two losses. Not very many. You go back and you look at a lot of the 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 greatest fighters in the world. They've got 10, 9, 15, sometimes losses. What? How many? BJ Penn has, you think he's a 500 fighter now. Randy Couture has what? 15 losses? 11. And 11 or something like that. So I yeah. didn't mean to, you know, I'm, not, I'm just throwing out no, there. No, but no. I know that it's sometimes in the double digits. You're in the double digits and and that's common because you want to know why? Because you're fighting because great fighters all the time. the best fighters all the time. That's why. It's like sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you show up to the event and you're like, fuck, I'm not feeling it. Can I grit it out or can I not? That's the way the game goes, man. No, he he deserves to be up there in that conversation and that talk. So, I, I mean, even though I thought he lost the Stephen Thompson fight, but still, I mean, he's in there, man. He's in that in that conversation. So, yep. good stuff. Yep. Absolutely. Follow him on social media. He's fun as fuck. <laughs> it's so fun. Go ahead. The next question is from Joe Fresco, who asks, what do you think of Showtime removing Morning Combat episode 171 because they said their opinions and criticized the Bellator card? It was Bellator 261. Um, what I think is this, is that Showtime owns their show. And so you go. Showtime, and Showtime pays their check. So if Showtime wants to remove something from them, Showtime can do that. Um we've had these comments before you know there's things that we talk about on this on this show that we know is going to sometimes upset scott coker in showtime a little bit you know we don't we try to be as unbiased as possible i'm biased towards the people that i've trained with and i'm a homer towards the aka guys and i let that be known but outside of that like we we do the podcast so we don't really have to answer to anybody and um don't get me wrong you know i've gotten some calls like hey why do you gotta say that about our guys or you know or i gotta you know and this and that i get it i get it but yeah. it's like look i'm trying to and i i'm trying we're trying to run a business here we're trying to be we're trying to be fun entertaining and talk about the fights the best way we can and so um that it but no one owns john and i we own we own this podcast and so um, we try to be as fair as we possibly can. I try, look, I have a hard time. Now I think everyone that listens to this show, I have a hard time not speaking what's on my mind. And a lot of people are like, Oh, you're a Homer. And that you guys may look at the wrong way. I could, I thoroughly think, I seriously think Bellator has amazing fighters. I think they have a better roster than the guys that were on strike forces roster in terms of talent. I believe that I truly do. But I also agree that the UFC is a phenomenal promotion in terms of the talent that they have there as well. They've got double the fighters that Bellator has, but when it's talking about these events, PFL is great. And one is great. Rising is great. I love that all these promotions have places uh, for fighters to fight. The less promotions, the less people can make a living, man. And this is what this is all about. I love having more promotions. The more promotions, the more money that is being distributed out to fighters who want to live out their dream. I love that. Um, but for them, for with Morning Combat, they don't they 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 answer to the showtime, you know. And I didn't really. I, I someone had sent me a clip about you know what they had said, and I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, 
you guys work for them, so you That's have a, you not have the brightest thing in the world. Yeah, I. It's not my place to say that. Well, no, people. It, it all it all comes down to this. Let, let's just let's put it out here and let's be honest about it. When you and I decided to do this podcast, mm-hmm. we said let's do it. So you put together your studio. I put together my studio. That's all money out of my pocket. That's all money out of your pocket. No one paid for it. We paid for it. And, and, and when you're talking about it, you're talking about thousands of dollars to get something going. And then we have a guy in podcast, Dave, who's working with us, who's not getting paid. He's doing this at the time. He's doing it gratis because we're not making money and we're trying to you know get things going. And we're never, we're not getting paid this entire time. Morning combat. I love the guys. I love Luke. I love Brian. I'm not saying anything bad about it, but they made a decision to go with having Showtime own their show, pay them money for it. So they're getting paid right off the bat. They don't have to worry about, you know, not getting paid. It's a job for them. But with that comes the fact that there's someone over them that can pull their show. I didn't pull their show. Josh didn't pull their show. Showtime pulled their show. That's because they said something that Showtime didn't like. Okay. You know, and that that's, it's their choice. They, they can do that. And I don't think they can do that that often. That's, it's telling them, yeah. oh, you need to be a little careful. You know, we, we, we talked about this kind of before because, you know, it was sometimes, and I, I've done the same thing. I'll look at a card and go, it's crap. Yeah. And it ends up being a great card. All the fights are phenomenal on it. So I, I've I've learned to say, eh, you know what, this is, you know, not one of their bigger shows, but, you know, we're going to see what it really turns out like. That That's all you got to do. You don't sit there and before the fights take place, you decide, I'm going to say, this is crap. It's doo-doo. Because that's what I think the comment was. And I don't know if that's what got him pulled or whatever, but um, that was the comment. And I understand what Luke was doing, but he's trying to be, I want you people to see that I, yes, I work for CBS. I work for Showtime, but I'm going to be honest. You can do that. And with that, they can pull your show. Yeah. It's just the way it is. You're the one that has decided this was who you were going to work with. Okay. And so if they look and say, we don't like your work for that week, pulling it, you know, that, that was the whole thing. Like with Joe Rogan and his show with spot, you go into Spotify you know, he said, hey, you don't have control. I have control over my shows. And then they started pulling his shows, and there started to be that friction back and forth. The ability to have the control of what you do, that's a big thing. It's a big thing because it does allow you to be honest about, hey, this is the way I feel. You know, you may, you know, the fan out there or the listener may not agree with you at all, and that's okay. That's their, you know, that's their place to be in that. But... This is the way I feel. I don't say anything that I that I I don't actually believe in. I say what I believe, and I'll stand by it. And if someone can prove me wrong, then I get proved wrong. Okay, I'm sorry. You know what? He was right. I was wrong. But yeah, I look. I bring up I bring up Rogan and Brendan Schaub a lot because when I did Brendan's show, we have we've had I've done his show a couple times. I've had a lot of conversations with both those guys about our podcast and about the growth of our podcast. And they've led me in the right direction a bunch of times. And um, and it really just comes down to the fact that 
it all started with with the fact that we've had John, we've John and I have had people reach out to us trying to buy our show or at least get fifty percent of it. And every time I asked Joe and I asked Brendan or I asked anybody else, they're like, "Don't do it." Well, hold on, hold on. What was the Don't first thing that I it. told you? Yeah, when we started, real simple. We own it, Josh. I'm not selling to anybody. Yeah, I'm not doing that. That will not happen. I'm telling you, no one is going to own this but you and I. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean I won't go into business with somebody, but I'm not giving percentages to anybody. Yeah, and that's what people, like with Brendan, right? Sure, he works for Showtime, but they don't own his show. That's why he can say what he wants. But he also is very strategic about what he does and how he does it. Um, but he, they, Showtime sure has him on the on the payroll, but they don't own his shows. Then They don't own any of his shows. Brendan's and a lot he, smarter than people give him credit for. Yes, that very true. This is very true. Um, but anyways, regardless, he's in the podcast business. He knows what he's doing in terms of with the, with the morning combat guys. Look, I like Luke. I like Luke a lot. He said a lot of nice things about me throughout the years. Um, oh, that you know, just changed and, my mind about it. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and Brian Campbell, BC, I have really BC's only awesome. talked, I've really only talked to him the one time I was on a show. I was busting his balls. I got a lot of hate for it. Like I ruined the show or something, but like we were busting each other's balls before we even went on air. So there was a lot of back and forth that was going on then. Um, I like, I like them. I like their show. I like, I like everything about them, you know, um, but they don't, they don't own their own show. And so that's where it becomes a problem. So you, I, I can't say much more. What else you got for us there, Dave? Next question is from Chris Edgar, who asks, big John, uh, fighters usually go through a pat down before walking into the cage. Have you ever had a fighter or heard about a fighter attempting to bring a weapon or any other banned <laughs> object with him into the cage? No, no one's ever tried to bring a weapon into the cage with them. What what that pat down is for is to make sure that the fighter's not trying to cheat in uh, putting Vaseline somewhere that it doesn't belong or not having a mouthpiece or not having a cup so you can't start the fight. So that's what the check is for in the beginning. You're looking at the gloves, making sure the gloves have not been altered in any fashion. You're looking to make sure that the tape is in a position where it's not going to cut if it slices across, it doesn't have an edge that's going to cut the fighter. So these are the things you're looking for real quick. You're looking at the length of their fingernails real quick. You're looking at the length of their toenails, making sure they've got a mouthpiece, making sure that they have a uh, groin protection on, and then you're checking to make sure that they don't have Vaseline behind their ears, that their hair is not greasy. And this all, came, this all came from fights that have occurred over time. You know, Josh had one against Clay Guida. Not that Clay put... Uh, grease in his hair, but he did have hair product in there, which makes it slippery. slippery as fuck. And then, yeah. and then you, you, you have a problem. So these are all the things over time that we've learned and said, okay, we need to check this, check that, check this. And that's where that check came through. But no, no one's ever, in, at least not with me checking and not that I know of, has anyone ever tried to bring a weapon into the cage? Nah, that, that, that has not happened. All right, go ahead. Um, Next one. For Josh, among all MMA promotions, past or present, which championship belt do you think looked the coolest? Um, look the coolest. God, I, I the the Pride one was pretty damn fucking cool. The Pride one was pretty damn cool. It was huge too. It was huge. I mean, anyways, it was it was awesome. Um, Pride, I would probably say the Pride one. But overall, King of Pan I mean, Grace was actually pretty cool too. That's true as well. That was yeah, a yeah, cool that's true freaking as well. belt. 
The other one that I thought was kind of cool was shoot though. Remember they had the little skinny yeah, narrow that one that was that, small. That was that, roundish, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of ra- ovalish. It was like an yeah. oval, but it was pretty dope. It was pretty. And I think it was red, right? Wasn't it red with the the it silver? Had, it had the, it had the the red shooto in the middle. Yeah, the red. Sh- it was pretty awesome, man. I, I think. Yeah, that was a nice one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pick your pick and choose. But I liked the big one that Pride had because I remember Mark Coleman holding it up. Was it Mark? Yeah, Mark had one. He did the yeah, Grand Mark, Prix. The Grand, yeah, Prix, yeah, the Grand Prix. Prix. So I don't know if that belt was different than their normal, but regardless, it was they're pretty dope. Anyway, I, 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 I've I, I've never been a big fan of gold, and so all the other Ameri- like the American promotions <laughs> are all gold. The Pride one was like a silver. Yeah, you well. know. So I like that one. Yeah. All right. What else there you got? Uh, next one is uh, from Drew Berry, who asks, "How do y'all see a George versus Kobe fight playing out? And could you put that as a five round main event on a pay per view, not being a fight night?" <clears throat> could you Kobe put it Covington? as a Could you put it as a main event on a pay per view? Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to when you're taking a look at all of, you know, just just like Josh was talking about with the UFC. UFC, what people need to understand is they have over 600 fighters under contract. The UFC is putting on a show almost every week. All right. You know, they're, they're going to say somewhere, you know, I think last year they were, you know, fighting to do 42, you know, before, you know, that they were up into the 45s and stuff. So you're talking a 52, you know, week year, 45 shows. That's a lot of shows, but they have to do that based upon, Every fighter on their contract is guaranteed, you know, if that if they're not released, that they will get three fights in that one year's time offered to them. That doesn't mean that if they if they don't take it, you know, they, they're not owed three fights. They were offered it, you didn't take it, now you're owed two. Okay, so that's how that plays out. But they have to do all of these shows based upon how many fighters they have. You know, and it's a matter of as I'm lost. What, what, what was the question again? <laughs> Are you serious? Can it be a five? Can it be a five round main event on a yeah, five round? Main, okay. So and everybody, so my, no, stop, John. No, no, John, no. stop. So anybody at home listening? CTE John is in in exactly. the house right now. There you <laughs> I go. Love it. But so when you take a look and you look at all the champions they have, it's tough for them. You know, they have basically twelve to thirteen pay per views per year. And so those pay-per-views, you know, when you're talking about, you know, your all your champions, both male and female, and getting them how many fights a year, okay, they're guaranteed that three doesn't mean that they're going to do it, but it's hard for you to, to not have a pay-per-view that doesn't have a championship fight on it. So what you could see possibly with a Colby versus George fight is same as they did with the Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz you have either a co-main that's a five-round fight that they both agree to we're going to do a five-round fight. They could have that as a co-main with a championship fight on a pay-per-view. But I would pay. Uh, look, I think that George Masvidal against Colby Covington, that's a fight I'll pay for any time. I would love to see that fight. I cannot wait until they finally put that fight together. It's never going to happen. Oh, What? Oh, I thought he said GSP and Colby, <laughs> not George. Did you say George? George. Oh, I thought you said GSP. I was sorry. I was reading one of the next one of the next questions. Start off with GSP. Down now. now I have the CTE. Um, 
yeah, the, so this one yeah. question has screwed us up completely. No, it, it, I don't think I don't I don't I don't think they can make it a pay per view uh, main event unless there's a BMF title or some shit like that on the line. But that'd be yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean it would be a five round co main event. I, I could see that happening, but I think it's foolish though too for guys like Colby and and him to fight five round co main events. Like you guys are stupid. Just like you're not getting. I mean, I know it's a great fight, but how much more are you getting compensated? How much more are you taking off your your career by fighting? You know, by training for five more rounds and then fighting five more rounds. Nah, no. Nah. And if I'm George though too, it doesn't favor me to fight Colby Covington five rounds. It doesn't favor me. He's not. He's never been known. Like he's got good cardio, but he's never been known to go hard five. George has. So it's like mm-hmm. Colby. He can go hard five. He may not. He may not crack an egg with his punches. But he'll wrestle fuck you to death. And he'll get on top of you and grind you out. And we yep. saw that Usman can do that to George also on the feet, press him against the fence, you know, and those type of things. So it could happen. But, I mean, I'm going to always go with George because George is a strike force guy. So I'm going to lean towards that dude anyways. But There goes that Homer side again. That's the Homer side. Hey, All at right, least I'm up go. front and honest about yeah, it, man. That's it, man. I'm up front about it. Okay, go ahead. What's next, Dave? All right. Since Josh can't stop yawning and it's past John's bedtime, we'll do one more uh, from Dustin. Well, give Brown. me, give me, give me, give me some good ones. Which ones you got? Um. Well, what, what do you mean? Which ones have I got? I've got the ones. On the How about screen. Dustin Brown right there? What's Dustin Brown it says? Hey, question for both. What is that? Cool. Do you want to read it or want me to read it? No, you read it. I can't <laughs> read that far. My eyes don't fucking. Uh, Dustin Brown asks, "Hey, question for both. Have you guys ever thought about doing a live fight companion like Joe, Eddie, and Brendan have done in the past? Think it would be cool to listen to you guys break down a live UFC card together. Great content. Keep it up." Yeah, we did it once. Yeah, we did it. We did it once uh, for Khabib. For Khabib, Khabib and, and Gaethje, Gaethje, right? Gaethje. Yeah, Justin Gaethje. Yeah, it was fucking hilarious, man. I was... <laughs> I was fucking shitting my pants, man. Like, fucking, what are you doing? Fucking wrestle! Oh, it was rough, man. John was just yeah. cracking up the whole time. I was He's okay. Fun with He's him. okay. I was like, relax, oh dude, relax, man. He's doing fine, right? But what are you yeah, doing? yeah, we we would do it. the The real problem for us is, is, let's be honest, we're on a three way. We're all living in different places, and we don't have a you know one set. TV and a studio that we're all going into and be able to watch it on that same yeah. place and talking stuff. So we're talking about trying to get TVs in each place that have it. It's just yeah. not an easy thing. I have yeah. my little studio. Josh has his little studio. So it's not the simplest thing because timing on them is a little bit off. It is. So that makes it rough for us. Yep. Yep. Because when I watch, like I'll watch, uh, I'll have the pay-per-view in one room and I'll have the, I'll be streaming it on my phone for the UFC thing or whatever, UFC fight pass or ESPN plus, whatever it is. And they're on different times and not yeah. by a little bit. It's like eight yeah. seconds. Oh, sometimes so up you, to 30 seconds. Yeah. It's long. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a long, yeah. So you, it's, I don't want to be, rough. I don't be watching the fight with John and John's like, Oh fuck. He dropped him. And then like eight seconds later, <laughs> fuck, there he goes. He's down. Like you already know what's coming kind of ruins everything. So yeah, I think maybe one day when we're all in the same city for something, who knows what, um, you know, we'll go from there. One more. All right, what, let's go. What else? Um, let's see. S Maggie asks, GSP said he was out of his contract in two years. How long would it be before John Jones is out of his contract? How much does the UFC pay him each year he's under contract, even if he doesn't fight? He doesn't pay him anything. 
Uh, they don't pay him shit. If you don't fight, you don't get paid. That goes for all fighters. <laughs> if you don't fight, they don't pay you. You're not on like a monthly stipend. Like, yeah, that that's not happening. And then, how long until he's out of his contract? Well, every time they they every time they asked him to fight Francis Ngannou and they turned it down, that extended his contract six months. So every time they offer you a fight and you say no, that extends your contract until you sign a bout agreement. So if they come back and they say like in a month, so I'll give you a, a perfect example is this. I was supposed to fight Pettis for the title. Pettis gets hurt. So they asked me if I wanted to fight Kabbalah or whatever. And I said, I said, nah, it's cool. I'll pass. You know, I was like, I'll wait for the title shot. Joe Silva gets pissed off at me and goes, you'll fucking, you'll fucking sit on the sidelines for six months. I don't give a shit. So I tell Joe, Joe, I'm pretty good with my money, man. I can wait longer than six months. I'm cool with that. Week later, he called. I said, unless it's somebody in the top three, don't call me. So he calls me back a week later with Benson Henderson. I said, I'll take it. I said, those were my stipulations. Put me, fight me some against somebody in the top three and I'll fight him. He calls me again to fight Ben. I took Ben. It backfired on me, but it is what it is. With John Jones, he either wants the money or he wants to make sure he's fighting the right opponent. Every time he turns it down, they will just extend his contract for four to six months. And then every time until until he agrees and signs on the dotted line on about agreement to fight somebody, that contract will continue to be extended until he signs about agreement to fight somebody else. Yeah, it's not the the UFC contracts do not just run out on time. <laughs> no, they don't. Sorry. And when you're John Jones and you're fighting all those championship fights, every time you fight, you know, for the title, your contract is extended. Yeah, two or three fights. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, this, you know, this is, if you go back to people think, you know, they're sitting there and they, they listen to one side of a story. And you can go back to when Cyborg lost to uh, Amanda Nunez and said she wanted to rematch and then dana was saying no she doesn't want to rematch her and she's saying i do want to rematch her what i don't want is to fight for you i don't want to be under contract with you and if i fight amanda nunez and i win i now am obligated to give you so many more fights that's what i don't want and you know this is you can sit there and say it any way you want when dana says okay we will give you a one fight contract. Now he's saying that because it's true. Mm -hmm. He's going to give her a one fight contract, but in that one fight contract, the stipulation in it is if she wins and she is the UFC champion, she automatically owes them three more fights. Mm -hmm. That's what she didn't want. And so, you know, these fight contracts can go on and this is the problem with, you know, and this is why a lot of people want what is called the alley act where a promotion doesn't have so much control over the fighter and they have the ability to go off and to fight other in other promotions and things like that. I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to side with anybody. I'm not trying to side, you know, with, you know, the fighters that want the alley act or the ones that don't. What I'm telling you is there's no perfect in anything, but when you look at the contracts for the top fighters, they just can't walk and go somewhere else. The UFC is smart enough to have a contract that says, Hey, we are your promoter. You want to fight, we will give you a fight. You don't want to fight, that's okay, but you can't go fight for anybody else either. You can sit on the sideline. You can sit there and hold out all you want, but when you come back and decide I, you, that you want to fight, 
it's going to have to be under our promotion because we hold the contract on you. That's just the way it is right now. Yeah, they started doing that because of BJ Penn. BJ Penn. <laughs> BJ Penn beat Matt Hughes. Then he and, bounced and started his own promotion called Rumble on the Rock. And then he flew in all the best lightweights he could to beat Jens them Pulver and all too. the Gracies. Yeah. So he Jens did. Pulver that's dropped, what he did. Dropped their belt in a trash can. <clears throat> yep. So that's why they started doing that. So they started doing that based on the fact that BJ Penn beat Matt Hughes and then bounced out, started his own promotion, and it got a lot of clout. That promotion ended up being sold. They sold that promotion, Rumble on the Rock, to Elite XE, which then Elite XE went to Showtime and became the the next promotion that was a big shot that ended up blowing up into Strike Force and Showtime, merging a little bit and doing business together because of a, a fuck-up contract with Frank Shamrock and Hensel Gracie fighting. That whole situation blew up into the two, the two promotions being on Showtime. Elite XC folded because they spent so much damn money. And then, uh, you know. Not spent. It's called blue. Yeah, they blew. Blew a lot of money. <laughs> so that went under. So, I mean, yeah. <clears throat> Um. Anyways, all right. So, what else? What else? What else? Is that it? That's it. That's That's everything. That's all we got. Go to prowrestlingtees.com. Prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo. Oh, they'll promo code and still still active. Is that still active? Yeah, and still Still is still active. So, and still is still active. Get an additional 20% off on prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. You guys missed out if you didn't get one. The Independence Day shirt for Wayne in that dropped all for the last, what, three weeks now? And if you guys didn't pick one up, guys missed out. It's a limited edition. It's gone. John got the ugly red one. I obviously got the white one. Um, looks a lot better. It pops off yeah. screen a lot better. That red does, one does red not work when you're eating barbecue, baby. You're, you're a red one. <laughs> <laughs> Should have got the maroon one, buddy. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work when you eat barbecue. But I only wear those things in special places like my studio. So <laughs> it's like, no, I just got home this late last night. And I just saw it came in the mail while I was gone. So um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Also, hit the subscribe button. I've noticed, look, we've been at, we've been at 100,000 likes now for about three weeks. We're only up another thousand, so fifteen hundred somewhere in there. So if we can try and hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, share our videos to everyone. I'm gonna get back on and hit that notification bell too, because we're changing up sometimes coming up. We've got a lot of big big news coming up, hopefully in the next uh what is this gonna drop tomorrow? Hopefully for the next show. So you guys will be some fun. We'll be talking the pay-per-view, we're talking the winner of the Connor McGregor fight, Dustin Poirier fight. So uh, John. What else you got, buddy? Last thing I want to say again to the firefighters out there, be safe. Thank you for what you do. You guys are awesome. And to everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed the show, and we will. Joshua, we will see see ya. ya.